Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. You're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every studio at night. Insurance companies. Producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs. I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. You can tell it to the people that are losing their homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. So I'm sorry, I'm beyond your apologies. I have told you, and now I want it. And if you don't do it, you're out. We are not shutting this movie down! This is Real Nerds Podcast. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, it's a little bit of a mystery as we bring back something we did a long time ago called Stream Team, where each one of the nerds have selected a film that the other nerds don't know about that we have streamed. Because right now, our movie theaters are still closed, so we're thinking of new ways to bring you movie reviews. Yes. And I am Ryan. With me is Brad. Yep. And Zach. Hello. Thanks for joining me again, boys, on Zoom. Because once again, we are still social- socially distancing. Yes, um, we are. Which will probably stay this way until we do our film Splosion episode in three weeks. Um, yeah, we've got to figure that plan. We got to figure out the day for that. But yeah, like that, we'll have to figure out what the coordination for that will be. But yeah, three more weeks of 2020, and then this stupid year is done. Yeah. Then, Stupidest uh, year. I feel like um, last year in 2019, everyone was like, "Oh, 2019 was so terrible. I can't wait mm-hmm. for 2020." And if this is like 2020, I, I'm like, I can't imagine how horrible 2021 might become. No, it, 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 see, at the end of the day, it's going to be cool because people are starting to get vaccinated. That was approved on Monday. It's Tuesday. People start getting vaccinated yesterday in the United States. We have a long ways to go, but hopefully by March and April, enough people will be vaccinated and um, we'll be seeing, uh, you know, Black Widow in the theaters and we'll be, we'll be good to go. And guys, next year is the 20th anniversary of the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. So I can only hope that 2021 will be super optimistic for that reason. Well, and oh, you're others. so lucky James isn't here right now. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, um, obviously the, the anniversary we're celebrating is the Rocketeer next year. Yeah. Um, what I think is more important, though, <laughs> is something I'm really proud of, is it's going to be Real Nerds Podcast's 10th anniversary is next year. And wow. And we'll have uh, some cool things to uh, share and um, some ideas for the show. So stay tuned for that. 
in honor of the 20, in honor of the 10th anniversary, you're kicking me off the show for good. This is the, this is the, this is the smallest tease. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> can't uh, get stagnant. Gotta, gotta change things up. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. fun, Zach. And you can't <laughs> lose a talent, which is me. So yeah. <laughs> you guys got to get a younger, sexier, old time Hollywood fan. <laughs> I've always wondered what the show would be like with just two of us on. So, you know, try that, try that, that dynamic. I can't wait for our VH1 behind the music special. <laughs> and then they kicked me out of the group. And I was like, this, this is fucking bullshit, man. They, after 10 years, they just cut them loose for no real good reason other than they just did it. The fade got to ryan's head <laughs> the it's got to be black and white photos like zooming in on me with like a cigarette in my mouth or something <laughs> i've gone back to drinking and i'm just like chugging a bottle of jack going like yeah fuck ryan <laughs> you're like 500 out of the group. <laughs> <laughs> you all attend my funeral and that's how you reunite <laughs> <laughs> nice so every week on real nerds we um Talk about movies we've watched, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray today, and movie mm-hmm. news. And it's winter, but we've been able to go around town with Brad for longer than I thought. Brad, can we still do that? Uh, you know what? I have not checked, so give me a second here. Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. I think you can. It's snowing, so... um. Uh, that usually puts a damper on them staying open, but they do have a lineup through today's the 15th, mm-hmm. 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th. Uh, you can see Jack Frost, a Michael Keaton version. Aww. Uh, Fred Claus, or the classic Reginald Owen, A Christmas Carol. Hmm. Oh, okay. So it, it's kind of last week where I'm going to be basically going to only a late night show. <laughs> Yes, but late night is 8 o'clock because it's still freaking dark out early around here. So, yeah, interesting uh, interesting lineup. Well, Christmas time, you know, it's... I haven't seen either of those, so... Right on. Yeah, but I mean, as, as far as Christmas choices, it's, yeah, some deep cuts there. Very. And, yeah, that's what's going on around town. You know, we had kind of a big... Newsweek. This is a segment we call Real News. It's Real News. Well, I guess I'll start off with the biggest news, like the biggest, biggest news. Um, there's a new Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out starring Chris Pine. Um, and um, Nerd. In, in, addition, in, in additional news to that, uh, Real Nerds correspondent James Hart petitioned the studio immediately to cast Matthew McConaughey instead, and also to have a co-sponsorship with Mountain Dew. Um, yeah, no, no, there it's it's another Dungeons and Dragons movie being produced by Hasbro and Paramount, and Chris Pine's going to be in it, and it looks like it's going to be coming from Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, who did Game Night and wrote uh, the incredible Burt Wonderstone. So, yeah, that should be interesting. But no. Does anyone remember the uh, Dungeons and Dragons from 2000? Nope. Nope. (laughs) I'm sure only one correspondent on this show does, and uh, we'll have to ask him during Film Explosion. (laughs) The one with Marlon Wayans and Jeremy Irons. Yep. I forgot Marlon Wayans was in that. Oh, my God. (laughs) He plays snails. 
He's had an interesting career, a very interesting career. He's in a good Coen Brothers movie that nobody watches. Uh, anywho, uh, no, the biggest news of the week was Disney held an investors meeting and decided to drop uh, news on everything ever. Um, I, I mean, like, I don't think I've ever seen this many titles announced at once. Like, this is kind of insane. Um, I don't know. What, what were your guys, like, were you guys kind of floored by half of this stuff alone? Well, and- what made me, sorry, Brad, uh, what made me kind of excited about it is they still kept their theater lineup intact. And, um, but at the same time, not ignoring, you know, Disney Plus And, I mean, all the shows that are coming to Disney's, Disney Plus and, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, there's like every Star Wars thing you'll ever want ever, inc- including like something I didn't I didn't see coming, which was well we're getting the Obi Wan Kenobi series obviously, but they're bringing Hayden Christensen back to play Darth Vader, and I'm actually excited for that. I know which, that might make some people groan, but I'm actually excited for that. Like how how does that work? Because if it's after Revenge of the Sith, you know he's. I mean, predominantly going to be in the mask. So do you also get James Earl Jones back to voice it? And then, like, does Hayden Christensen need to be in costume, like, on set? Because I feel like you would just, you know, get a a double if he's in the mask. Well, I'm wondering if they're going to kind of pull half duty where he's still getting used to his mask. So he's kind of like... He's not quite a pro-masker. He might be kind of anti-masker, but he's just going to like, you know, wear it only when he absolutely needs to until finally he just says, you know what? I'm just going to wear this mask forever. Guys, wear a fucking mask. Um, And and then also like, you know, A New Hope, he says he hasn't seen or heard from Obi-Wan Kenobi in like 20 years. So like, how are they going to meet up and still make that like true? maybe Darth Vader's sending people out to go check on his, uh, to ch- check on Tatooine. And then that's when they encounter Obi-Wan come up. I don't know. I don't write star Wars. If I did write star Wars, I'd be working for Lucasfilm right now. Um, say not a bad idea. I can write a star Wars movie. Um, but there is like, there's not, it's not even just the star Wars news to the Marvel news dropped. Like, <laughs> In insane fashion, amongst the series, we're getting obviously Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki and WandaVision, but also Secret Invasion, <laughs> um, which will have Sam Jackson back as Nick Fury um, and Ben Mendelsohn from Captain Marvel. Uh, and then Ironheart, which, Ryan, is this the Iron Man stories they've been putting out recently where it's the um, the gal who builds her own Iron Man suit? Yeah, it's uh... Uh, Ray Ray Williams. Okay. And it's, uh, should be fun. Um, I I think all the trailers are great. I think WandaVision looks kind of (laughs) trippy and different. And then the Loki trailer is awesome. So should be fun. And, you know, I love the Patty Jenkins trailer for Rogue Squadron. Um, it's cool that they're branching out from the uh, Skywalker stories. I think it's cool. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then um, uh, in addition to all that, we got a lot of movie news from them. Um, so there's going to be a Disney Pixar movie called Lightyear, uh, where it's, I guess it's the uh, the definitive story of the original Buzz Lightyear, and it, it will be voiced by Chris Evans. So um, 
yeah, I guess. Does that mean that Tim Allen got like 50 seasons of Last Man Standing and was just too busy? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, um, like this, it's a story of him as actual Buzz Lightyear, not the toy or something like that. Ah, yeah. gotcha. That's how they get around it. Ryan, Brad, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say exactly what Ryan said. It's 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 him. Like if there wasn't a toy world, it's. Oh, uh, I see this photo now. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's the world that Buzz, Buzz Lightyear imagines himself in before you know Woody wakes him out of it. You know? Oh, oh, cool. That'd be awesome. Um, and then also they dropped some announcements on the live action front. Um, we'll be getting Pinocchio from Bobby Zemeckis. Uh, which stars Tom Hanks. Um, the teaser trailer was pretty like barren, but Ryan, I'm sure you were like me. Once you heard that music swell up, you got you got the goosebumps. Yeah, um, I, it made me RDJ happy. supposed to be in that? He was. Um, but what made me happy was the design of Pinocchio. Is just like looks like just like the cartoon. So this will be cute. And then also Peter Pan and Wendy, which. Um, Jude Law is gonna be Captain Hook. I'm I'm down. I'm super stoked for that. That sounds awesome. Um, and then they also did some stuff for the Little Mermaid. Um, and uh, the um, this one actually touched my heart. There's gonna be a Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie, and um, Chippendale was always one of my favorites as a kid in terms of the short cartoons from Disney, along with Goofy. And um, Chip will be played by John Mulaney. And Dale will be played by Andy Samberg. Um, I still need to know who's playing Monterey Jack. Um, I guess that will come later. Um, but it will be directed by Akiva Schaefer. Um, so, yeah, this is basically a Lonely Island movie now. <laughs> um, which I'm, I'm down. down with. Yep, totally down. It's, I'm not giggling out of, like, irony. I'm just like, no, this, this is fucking awesome. Um, and also, Lonely, Lonely Island better do the theme song. <laughs> Chip and Dale Sometimes slipping through the cracks Yeah, I know all that stuff Do you think this means we could get a Tailspin movie? Because I'd like a Tailspin movie That'd be, That'd be cool. cool That'd be cool You need to get a really good Phil Harris sound alike for that Because I don't want Bill Murray doing it um, That would be too convenient Find sure a Phil Harris sound alike I'm sure they'll circle around all those Gargoyles and Darkwing Duck like they'll they'll get to it. Darkwing yeah, Duck's I mean, already Darkwing getting Duck a reboot. Is coming back, yeah. Yeah, Gargoyles is something that Jordan Peele kept talking about in the press is something he wanted to work on. So maybe they'll get in touch with him now. Maybe um, even Gummy Bears. Br- Brad, why why'd you do that? <laughs> uh, knowledge. Uh, I, no, because no, no, no. hey, no, they're bouncing here and everywhere. Okay, <laughs> Ryan, stop it! <laughs> I don't need this. Um, also, uh, no, um, gummy bears hurt Zach so much. No, 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 no. I, I just, I don't. I, I, I try, I try rewatching one of them, and I was like, why, why did we? Why did my sister and I watch this? What's going on here? Um, the Marvel. This is the the news that I've kind of been longing for in some way. I guess uh, John Watts will be directing the Fantastic Four movie for Marvel Studios, um, which I. I think is a great choice because he's done very well with Spider-Man and essentially he's going to be doing for Spider-Man or for Fantastic Four, what he did for Spider-Man, which is, Oh, here's a concept that's been rebooted a bunch. Let's reboot it once again. (laughs) Um, So you get the guy who worked on it to do that. Um, Well, they never got Fantastic Four, right? So I think, no, 
it'll work out well. And he has a great voice anyways. Yeah, it, 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 it'll rock. Um, and then obviously there's, you know, announcements for like Moon Knight, She-Hulk and Hawkeye, which we already knew were coming. Um, and then some Captain Marvel too. Um, the, and then <laughs> the one that kind of tickled my ribs a little bit was Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. <laughs> um and when you read um james gunn talking about it um on instagram he's like and i unironically love uh the star wars holiday special so i'm curious to see what it'll be um also a series i am groot um and then ant-man and the wasp quantum mania um which cassie lang has been recast um from her older counterpart in endgame to katherine newton from uh, Freaky, one of the movies we reviewed before the movie theater shut down. Um, and then the one of the big confirmations, something that we kind of already knew was happening, which is Christian Bale will be in Thor Love and Thunder. So Christian Bale is coming back to the comic book world. I'm sure we're all very excited about that. Um, As a so villain. He, yep. <laughs> do you think he'll, <laughs> do you think he'll say, oh, good for you, Thor. <laughs> Just, just recreate oh. his entire rant from Terminator Salvation. Yeah, um, it'll make him seem less threatening, but maybe. <laughs> Probably not a good choice if you're the villain. Yeah, I guess so. Still would be fun, I guess. Um, also, but there is some sad news within within the Disney world, which is your Disney Plus uh, price uh, per month is going to be right, raising to $8 in order to pay for all this shit that you love. Uh, so get ready to shell out an extra three bucks. Uh, starting in March 2021. Does that apply to, like, I know Disney had that, hey, if you get in this early, you get this locked for life. Are they reneging on it? I don't see anything here in regards to that. Hmm. Um, so, I, no no comment from me. I'm, I'm not the smart one here. Um, and then, uh, there's, it, this is kind of Disney news-ish. Um, Hulu will exclusively be releasing 20th Century Studios and Searchlight uh, films um, as Hulu originals. Um, so kind of basically, since they've already been putting out a lot of stuff like Palm Springs and Bad Hair and Run, they're going to be doing the same for a lot of the 2021 slate that they had coming out. So The King's Man um, is, is one of those. And then everybody's talking about Jamie in February. Um, uh so we'll see what happens. Um, I kind of hope this means we get Antlers and Nomadland at some point because Antlers was supposed to come out in March uh, and Nomadland was definitely positioned to be a award season contender. So hopefully it makes the deadline. Um, oh no, it's already been like extremely limited released. Okay. Nomadland. So I was reading an article to talk about Frances McDermott being nominated again. I'm fine with giving her another nomination. She's wonderful. Um, so yeah. And then uh, we'll move on from the Disney world to the Warner brothers world. Um, everything's on fire. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. The news from last week that we, um, that, that uh, Warner brothers said, we're going to put everything to HBO max um, pissed off everybody. And I mean, everybody talent agencies, production companies, they're all very, very pissed off. There have been numerous amounts of articles written about this subject, about Warner Brothers' response to this. Um, 
I think they've got a bigger fire to put out than they realized by just dropping this news without notifying people in advance, <laughs> which I believe we mentioned last week. Um, yeah, so, I, I think it would be interesting to see if, you know, the vaccine works really well and cases dropped significantly if they decide just to release things in theaters. We will see how that plays out um, in like, within within the sphere of this. Um, directors of several different projects like John Chu who um, directed In the Heights and Denny Villanueva who's directing Dune um, they are they they are frustrated because their films if you really look at them they are they should be big screen releases like Dune should definitely be a big screen release because of the scope and scale and also whether or not you saw Blade Runner 2049 or not that movie looked amazing on a big screen um, and in the Heights, it's a movie musical. It's going to have some scope and some scale. And I'd argue it should be on a big screen like that for that kind of audience experience. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with Warner Brothers and its uh, response to this. I I I I I mean, it just feels like they really need to. <laughs> They either need to backtrack or they really need to make nice quick with pretty much everybody in town Someone. because they've literally set everybody on, uh, they've set themselves on fire. It's ridiculous. Someone pointed out that another frustration is that some of those filmmakers forego upfront payment for backend deals. Yep. And, and without the theatrical lease, release, they don't get that. <laughs> because the DGA and the WGA don't have it. From what I read, it's, sounded like they don't all, all have firm deals set up for streaming revenue. Yeah. And streaming is a much, much smaller piece of the pie. So when they just arbitrarily, you know, announce they're going to put all these on streaming, you know, it leaves those filmmakers going like, uh, now I got to go to court. <laughs> like, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, I'll, s- I'll see you in court on Monday. What? Yeah. Like, I heard, uh, is- for Wonder Woman, like when they announced that they were going to do it, they, like gave uh, Patty Jenkins and other people the option to like take cash and then forego the back end, but they didn't call up, you know, Christopher or Dave Villanueva or any else. Yeah. John M. Chu. Yeah. They, they didn't call in any, they didn't call anybody. I'm, I'm fairly sure if I were to ask uh, the director of Judas and the black Messiah, they would probably have not contacted them. So like, you know, like I, I, there's only one. Oh, go ahead. I thought it's not even a Warner Brothers thing. It was an AT and T thing because AT and T's in charge of Warner Brothers now. So, yep. And these uh, the people who are at the top there on AT and T's end don't know how to run a movie studio because they've technically only been running this company for about a little over a year because um, that's yeah. when the merger was finalized. So they yeah. have no idea how to run the movie business. They have no idea what goes into film production and film release. And they the- made the same mistakes in the seventies, right? similar sixties, <laughs> you know, the sixties the did because they didn't know what, they didn't know how to make a movie. That's why they started calling in all those young filmmakers like Scorsese and Spielberg and Lucas to be like, yeah, you, you, make shit for us, please. You know what you're doing. And then they learned the formula because of star Wars and jaws success. And they're like, okay, now we can take over. Fuck your creative freedom. Um, and then that's how the eighties were born. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it, we'll see what happens out of this. Like, I mean, I'm kind of on Ryan's end of optimism where like, if, if, if the vaccine kicks in and some fears are alleviated, do they just decide to switch back to regular releases for most products? Cause 
you know, even if, even if it's just like their big budget stuff, like matrix four or, uh, or anything else, like I, I, I would rather the theatrical experience be primarily first and foremost for the time being, but you know, we'll have to see what plays out with the virus. There's only one director who probably doesn't give a shit right now um, in terms of this whole thing. And that's Zack Snyder um, because um, uh, his justice league is going to be a mini series on HBO max. Um, but it also might get an R rated theatrical release complete with Batman saying the F word. <gasps> I have they're a, finally I have making a... Batman dark. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it's Hey Ryan, they're turning him into a dark knight. Yeah. That seems weird. When do you think they'll stop saying that every new Batman movie that comes out? <laughs> <laughs> when the screen is pitch black because the lights have been turned off but you just hear batman's voice ryan it'll be the darkest it's ever been when it's just a radio play you hear in the theater right. whenever batman just starts gunning down people well he's like he just goes full We've gotten previews of that Batman before in different versions. Like Keaton, he doesn't shoot, he doesn't hit Joker, but he tries to gun him down in Batman 89. Um, and we've definitely seen Affleck's Batman do that in Batman v Superman Dawn of something. He usually um, does it with like, oh, my vehicle shot him, not me. <laughs> <laughs> the car did it. <laughs> I don't know if you guys, um, you know, like the Grim Knight action figure. Batman that's out there where he's just like armed at the teeth like the Punisher (laughs) like it looks cool but I'm just like I can't get it because I'm like this doesn't feel like (laughs) like it's a cool look but it's yeah it's like it's kind of it feels like I know it's from the comics somewhere that I haven't read Um, so I'm sure it it makes sense in that world but it just feels like as for a toy to own I'd be like this doesn't feel like Batman though (laughs) but that's what I'm saying is like it has to get to that point where it's like they'll stop saying like he's finally dark yeah, it, 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 guys, he's the only time he's technically never been dark was when Adam West was playing him in the sixties, and even then, like, didn't I'd have to rewatch the television show? Don't they? Don't they have a moment where Adam West is like, "My parents were killed by criminals," and like, "Oh, no. there's the dark part." Okay, <laughs> no, <laughs> I've I watched yeah. it. Yeah, a lot of people ask that, and oh, no, no. I got the series on my really... shelf. I need to... It's fun. Yeah, TV shows really episodic. Like, there's not really just that much story. continuity to it. Yeah, I've got it on my shelf. I'm gonna rewatch it. But yeah, I believe it, you. Obviously, it just you just you just dropped into Gotham City and he's fighting a villain of the week, and that's yeah. There's no right. history. Yeah, the first one. First actually. one's the Riddler, right? Yeah. Like they didn't talk about Robin's um, origin either. Right. Nope. He's just there. It doesn't yeah. matter. He's th- he's getting lessons from Aunt Harriet until Bruce can sneak him off to be Robin. You know, that's that's how that show played out. Um, but anyway, yeah. Also, can I ask a question from two more frequent comic book readers? Um, are we, Do we care that superheroes say curse words anymore? Like, are, can we be done with that? I mean, it'd be weird if Spider-Man said it. Yeah. Well, kind of sure almost was... does it at the end of the first two. <laughs> it does say shit in it. Yeah. And, like, th- like th- isn't... Th- I, I haven't seen Far From Home in a while, but isn't the end of it him almost going, what the f-? And then it cuts. So yep. Yeah, well, it cuts, but, though. So Yeah, it's always funny, too, because I had this discussion with Brad. You know, everyone freaked out in Batman Superman where he was shooting criminals in his, you know, his Batmobile. 
But in Iron Man 3, Iron Man literally shoots a dude right through the chest. <laughs> <laughs> no one even says anything. They go, good uh, for Iron Man. Yeah. We got Iron Man's got uh, armory and missiles. And Batman, he's, he doesn't use a gun or the... <laughs> I, I yeah it, it it doesn't matter you can do anything technically you want to with these characters but. in Iron Man three those are terrorists from another country and Batman v Superman they're just thieves oh okay yeah ah, gotcha okay <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway um, we'll we'll move on from Batman to um, another superhero who's getting a reboot uh, the Green Hornet it's already been talked about that they're getting a reboot um, and uh, David Kep has been in, been brought in to write it, um, which uh, should be interesting because he was brought in initially to do the shadow. So <laughs> we'll see how this all plays out, guys. I think uh, we're going to get another radio movie that I only like. Um, and uh, Ryan, do, we, do you want to talk about the Spider-Man news or can I talk about the Spider-Man news? Uh, I mean, you can introduce it. It's fine. Okay. There's going to be a Spider-Man 3. Not the first Spider-Man three, but a but a new Spider-Man three from MCU, Spider-Man um, Home Again or something. And homesick we, is what I'm calling it. Home, homesick. I'm calling it Home Again because I'm hoping it's a Marx Brothers movie in disguise. Um, uh, but uh, they've already talked about the multiverse in Far From Home, and it looks like, from all indication, that this Spider-Man three is going to involve the multiverse in some fashion because they're deciding to bring everybody back. The first big big bombshell that dropped this week was that alfred molina will be coming back to play doc ock and then the next day they said like oh yeah we're bringing back toby mcguire we're bringing back andrew garfield and we're bringing back kirsten dunst um in other news willem dafoe has still not been contacted or reached to reprise his role as the green goblin because if they can bring back doc ock who was sunk to the bottom of manhattan bay at the end of the second one why can't i have more willem dafoe in my life out am I? Yes, 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 Ryan. That's need, that needs to be how he flies in on the glider as he goes to attack all three Spider-Men. <laughs> That's I'm confused. His opening line. That this is news? I, I'm confused that the Spider-Man... I thought, I thought they were already working on Spider-Man 3. So if, if John Watts, you know, has yet to start Spider-Man 3, and he's also doing Fantastic Four, like... Does that mean we're no. not going to see Fantastic Four until like three or four no. years from now? Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man has been filming since October. And they're still casting? Uh, I don't think they're still casting. I think it's just starting to come out. Uh, yeah, if, it's, if, it's been trickled out. If uh, I've been reading the articles, and the only reason it's been trickling out is because people are catching the actors like near the set. So um, no one really knows what it's about. I mean, it's maybe like the tightest-lipped Marvel movie in a long time. Um, but, in I mean, it might play out in the Spider-Men comic, how Miles Morales gets to the Marvel Universe, is Mysterio is able to contact the multiverse. And um, so he's able to project himself in different realities or different universes. Right. So I don't know if that's what they're going to do. I know it ties directly into the new Doc Strange. And um, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, they've been filming it forever. So right. <laughs> it's there's even a video as soon as 
Tom Holland was done with Uncharted, he was filming Spider-Man the next day. Yep. He's so a hard, he's a hardworking man, that that young Holland. And allegedly, they're supposed to have a trailer before the end of the year. So we'll see. <laughs> um, oh, guys, I, I I am getting a late breaking bulletin. Um, Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church have been uh, ordered restraining orders uh, to stay away from this set as far as possible. Um, uh, that yeah. doesn't sound true. No, it, it's not true. I want them to be back in the movie as Sandman and Rhino, but Sandman and Rhino are on a wine are on a wine trip to a wine tour across the uh, the Northern California area. Yeah, that that would be a wonderful Marvel movie that nobody would see except for me. Now, um, I'm almost thinking that, like I, I've posted on Twitter, it's I have a feeling that the Sinister Six is going to show up and Doc Strange enlists Spider Man from different universes to help Peter Parker of the MCU take down all the villains. Does this mean that we feasibly get a live action Miles Morales that they're not talking about yet? Maybe. That that was my 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 thought cuz like somebody brought up to me like are are they just doing this because multiverse or into the Spider-Verse was so popular? And I'm like, possibly, but who cares? I'm very curious to see how this all plays out. <laughs> or maybe they might not. I mean, they might leave Miles Morales in the Spider-Verse universe. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, all I, all I, there's only two things I want here. If they're going to bring back a bunch of Spider-Men from the Raimi-verse, then uh, Bruce Campbell needs to be in an MCU movie at this point. It's not even a question. Um, obviously, there's Doc Strange, Multiverse of Madness, but now he has two different opportunities. So Marvel, please don't fuck that up. And second should, of all... They should totally do, like, if Sam Raimi had casted Bruce Campbell as Mysterio to oh, come in. Yeah. That'd, that'd be sweet. That, yeah. Oh, that just for like, fun. even if it's just for like a scene. Yeah. Like a quick shot or two, like uh end game or something. Uh, <sighs> that'd be cool. And also please, um, Willem Dafoe has a phone. You can reach him. He's not, he's not Christopher Walken. He has phone. In. Please reach out to Willem Dafoe. He needs to be in this movie for me. Right. I mean, uh, there's been rumblings that him and, Sandman are going to be in it. I mean, it almost seems that the new Spider-Man is going to be the launching point for the Marvel Universe going forward. Where, because you have Black Widow, but that takes place, obviously, in the past. Mm -hmm. And then the Eternals, which is more of a cosmic thing. And then I think Spider-Man is feels like it's going to launch you know, the true Phase 4 of Marvel movies. What's Shang-Chi going to be doing then? I don't know. They finished filming that one too. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Kevin Feige, give the real nerds a call. Come and chat with us. We're, we're welcome to have you on the show. Um, and then uh, two more pieces of news. Uh, this will only uh, really interest Ryan and me. Ryan, we're getting a Fred Astaire Ginger Rogers biopic. Um, mm. And the, ca- the cast is Jamie Bell and Margaret Qualley. Um, I'm actually on board with this idea. Um, yeah. there's been some, there's been some Twitter reactions going like, no, 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 no. But I'm like, no, Jamie Bell kind of has that Fred Astaire look. And I liked Margaret Qualley a lot in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So I am willing to stretch any nice guys, obviously. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. That movie is indeed the seventh best film of 2016. Um, and I, I don't think, you know, <laughs> 
hey, you didn't have to put that shot of that joke that I wrote in our jerks video, but you did. And now it's there forever. I, need to re- I had to reinforce the jerks part. Yep, you did. <laughs> in fact, you you should have you should do a new George Lucas s cut where it just points an arrow pointing to me and says the actual jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last piece of news is unfortunately a down note. Um, the uh, the legend, the one and only. Uh, uh, hold on one second. Tiny Lister. Tiny Lister. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, w- I wanted to make sure. I I wanted to get his filmography down pat because. He's been in everything, but Tom Tiny Lister Jr. passed away um, at the age of 62. Um, he had been experiencing COVID symptoms, um, and apparently it had it, he'd been sick for about a week, and he got bad very quick, and it was pretty much within, it was, like, it was just that quick, like in a flash. Um, Lister was known primarily for playing Debo in the Friday movies. And um, he was also in the movie, No Holds Barred. Um, He's also in the Dark Knight, plays a very pivotal role in Dark Knight, technically, um, in that scene on the boat um, where he has that wonderful line, give me, give it to me and I'll did what you should have did 10 minutes ago. And then he throws that thing out of the boat so that they don't blow up the other ship and then they await their fate. It's a beautiful moment. Um, you guys, Lister, even criminals have honor. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a it's a beautiful scene. It's a beautiful scene in that movie. Batman believed, and it it came true. Yeah, <laughs> Christian Bell wished upon a star. <laughs> this city just proved that not everyone is ugly as you. See, Tommy Tiny Lister Jr. didn't set the other boat on fire. That shows this city has honor. <laughs> um. Uh, but he will be Lister will be uh, fondly remembered in my heart forever because he's in my favorite movie of all time, Jackie Brown. He plays Winston. Winston is a guy who finds people because that's what Winston does. That's his job. And there's a beautiful clip that you can watch, and I'll post it on. Uh, I'll post it somewhere around social media where Robert Forrester um, asks Winston to look in on this guy, and um, he basically says a beautiful thing about Winston, the character that I think applies to Tommy, Tom, tiny Lister jr. Himself. They don't have your, your winning personality and nobody will ever have Lister jr.'s winning personality. We will miss you, sir. Yeah, that's news guys. Movies came out today. This is what's dropped. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Hey guys. Remember that movie that was going to save the theaters? It's, it's now on blue, uh, 4K and uh, Blu-ray. Tenet I picked it up today. You did? I still have to pick it up. Because uh, I would like to rewatch it. Um, but yeah, Tenet, you can pick it up on 4K. Uh, and there's a nice Blu-ray, uh, or there's a nice steelbook from Best Buy, as per the usual. Um, Tremors in 4K. Uh, did not see that coming, but I'm totally down with that. That's an Arrow uh, version, right? Yes, it is. Uh, then um, Warner Archive decided it was just going to blow all of our minds this week because we're getting The Curse of Frankenstein, a two-disc special edition, the Peter Cushing hammer horror film uh, from Warner Archive. You can also get Volume 2 of the Tex Avery Screwball Classics Collection, which, Ryan, I'm sure you have that coming, and I need to get Volume 1 and Volume 2. So Yeah, it came to my house at 8 o'clock this morning. 
Let me ask you, did you get Mr. Roberts starring Henry Fonda, James Cagney, William Powell, and Jack Lemmon? No, I did get uh, Frankenstein, though. <laughs> okay. Well, you should also get Mr. Roberts. That's a good movie. You should, you should get that. Uh, you can also get Holiday Fair with Robert Mitchum, Janet Lee, um, and you can get The Harvey Girls with Judy Garland. Um, and you, they, they, you can also get Young Man with a Horn. Um, which is a Kirk Douglas movie I've never seen before, but it's also got Lauren Bacall and Doris Day. Uh, <laughs> they have, he doesn't have a horn, really. There's a background of a horn, but it's mainly Kirk Douglas uh, smooching on Lauren Bacall. Uh, but yeah, if you want to get some Warner Archives selections, you've got plenty to choose from. And you'll have more because they're also giving us, in the future, the second in the Thin Man series. So they're going to slowly trickle those out, and I'm very excited for that. Um, you can also get this week from Warner Archive, The Shop Around the Corner, uh, which uh, is a wonderful movie by Ernst Lubitsch, that if you haven't seen it, you should see it now. It's a Christmas movie, and it's fucking wonderful. Uh, they delayed it a week. And Mine's coming next week. Really? Yeah. Oh, boo. Shoot. I had it on the list for... Oh, dang it. All right. Never mind. Next week, guys, get The Shop Around the Corner, Ernst Lubitsch's masterpiece starring Jimmy Stewart. Check it out, guys. Um, and then um, Criterion is putting out Amores Peros, uh, an Inura- early Inuratu movie. Um, has anybody seen that movie? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are Inuratu knowledgeable beyond Birdman and The Revenant. But anyway, you can get that if you like. Uh, and then Ip Man, the complete collection. You can get all the Ip Man movies in one nice little box set. It looks beautiful. Uh, Blue Underground is putting out a movie called Vigilante from 1982, which features the late Robert Forrester and Fred Williamson. Um, I've never seen this. Looks like fun. Looks goofy. And I'm down with it. Um, There's also some Miyazaki steelbooks. Uh, You can get Castle in the Sky and Spirited Away. I feel like these are reissues, or am I crazy? Of the steelbooks? No. The the steelbooks are new. The disc content's the same. Okay. Okay. Well, you can get these nice steel books. That Spirited Away one looks lovely. Um, and then uh, The Dark and the Wicked, uh, which is the new film uh, from the director of The Strangers. Um, you can pick that up on Blu-ray if you so choose. Um, and then from Kino Lorbor, you can get um, some movies such as Diary of a Mad Housewife, Ladybug, Ladybug, um, and Bodies, Rest, and Motion from 1993, which features Tim Roth um, and Eric Stoltz. So yeah, you want some of those, you can check those out. Um, and... So the Wolf of Snow Hollow is out. Wolf of Snow Hollow? You can see that yep. here. Yeah, I got that today too. <laughs> oh, I'll be damned. Sweet. But anyway, yeah, that's Blu-rays. Awesome. We watch movies throughout the week. And we're going to tell you about them. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Um, God, what did I watch this week? I, I don't think I did watch anything. Uh, oh, I watched The Mandalorian. Are you caught up on The Mandalorian? Uh, nope. Ah. Hmm. What's a Mandalorian? Um, it's, it's a man who is half man, half DeLorean. Ooh, ooh, this sounds silly. I'm down. Whenever, he, whenever he's walking up to 88 miles an hour, he can travel through time. What does Baby Yoda have to do with a DeLorean? Oh, uh, wait. 
He I just answered my own. Baby Yoda. It's tragic. <laughs> I, oh god! <laughs> I was gonna say I want Baby Yoda to drive the DeLorean and have adventures in it. That'd be fucking cool. <laughs> you know, I thought of today, um, and I'm gonna try and make a meme of it. Is uh, so this is like five years after Return of the Jedi, right? So at some point in the next 20, 25 years before The Force Awakens, if Rey and Luke Skywalker and Leia are like the last Jedis, that means Grogu dies somewhere <laughs> between that 25 years. So, Oof. yeah. If I've watched this show yet, I would know what you're talking about. I'll watch the show, guys, I swear. <laughs> uh, Grogu's Baby Yoda, I, I don't think that's a spoiler at this point. It's been all over the place, right? Oh, the, oh, that's his real name. That's the child's real name. Gotcha. Yeah, they named him, right? Okay. That wasn't a Can surprise, we... Ryan? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to be called Frank Oz. This kind of sucks. Um, yeah, I think I only watched our movie of the week because I've just been editing constantly. I mean, I watched some Simpsons episodes. Yeah, The Mandalorian's it, and I can't talk about it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'll sucks. get caught up eventually when I don't. Yeah, I know I need to. Zach? Um, I didn't watch a lot. Um, I, I, uh, I rewatched Mank um, and got more out of it, but I'm not going to bore you guys to death with more talk of Mank. Um, just know that if you Thank haven't you. seen Mank, watch Mank. Um, and then the reason I was so ecstatic about The Shop Around the Corner is because I, re-wa- I rewatched The Shop Around the Corner uh, at Film Club this week, um, and I was uh, instantly reminded of how beautiful that movie is. Uh, it's a lovely film. Um, I hadn't seen it in a while, but it is, if I'm, if I make a Lubitsch ranking, it's definitely my second favorite Lubitsch um, with only to be or not to be above it. And I think like Ninochka would be around three or four. Um, but uh, the, but yeah, it's shop around the corner. It's, it's, it's a lovely movie. It, I think that it kind of made me realize like how little, like how much I take Frank Morgan for granted as an actor, because he's, we know him primarily as the wizard from the wizard of Oz, but like everybody in the film club was pointing out, like Frank Morgan is a fucking genius, especially in this movie. Like it's astounding. He plays the uh, owner of the shop that he, he, he's asked to go from like one emotion to the next in like such, in such a suave fashion that he has to cover up his emotions. It's, it's such, it's just a beautiful performance. Um, and then it also has one of the best endings to a movie ever. So um, if you've never seen The Shop Around the Corner, I won't spoil it. You just need to watch it. Um, now that I know that the Blu-ray is coming out next week, um, I will have to wait as well. I did not realize that they had delayed it. So that sucks. Um, and so, yeah, that's all I watched this week, guys. Oh, um, yeah, i surprised. I don't remember watching this much, but uh, I watched uh, Dave Franco's directorial debut called The Rental, which is a story about uh, two couples that rent this house um, for the weekend and strange happenings are happening. Uh, It's a slow burn kind of movie. Um, It's shot really well. Um, Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Has anyone else seen The Rental? No. No. No, I've I've heard it's good, though, or at least fun, or... It is. It, it, it's a it's a thriller that has a slow burn to it. Um, really well made. I was, I was impressed with Dave Franco. So 
Uh, I won't talk too much about it. It's, you know, like I said, it's two couples that go to uh, basically an Airbnb and the dude who is the handyman there is a little weird and things start happening. So uh, yeah, check it out. It's, it's, it's fun, I guess, if you're looking for a horror film. Uh, I watched Love Affair, which is from 1939 by uh, Leo Mc carrie who remade it as a night an affair to remember i'm sorry with um carrie grant but uh love affair stars irene dunn and mm-hmm. it follows pretty much the same story um it's not quite as good as an affair to remember and i think affair to remember is about in the middle of the pack for a carrie grant film but um irene dunn is just stunning and she's amazing in it. She has another, it's another movie where she shows off her operatic pipes. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's, she's wonderful in it. And if you don't know the story, it's these two people meet on a boat. They're both involved with somebody else, but they fall in love with each other and they make a plan to meet each other in six months at the top of the empire state building and fate intervenes it sounds like but, they ripped this off from Sleepless in Seattle, Ryan. I know. <laughs> um, the only bummer is, is uh, it's on Warner Archive, I think, uh, a DVD. But you're able to stream it off of Amazon Prime, and the the presentation's awful. Like it's like faded and worn. It's full of scratches. Um, it's a little disappointing watching it. Um, Did you not? Know, so, you, so you didn't pick up the DVD yet? No. Okay. I was hoping that maybe it'll come out on Blu-ray at some point. Um, well, a certain company follows us on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> and just saying, if maybe if they listen, and they listen really hard. <laughs> yeah. Listen to me. <laughs> yeah. And while you're um, at it, get me the horn blows at midnight, midnight on 4K. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're asking. Yeah. Not that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the last thing I watched uh, this week is Underwater, which is, I think, was it the first movie in theaters in January? Yep. I um, it was a holdover from last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kristen Stewart plays a engineer on an underwater uh, laboratory, and it the opening's pretty awesome. It Basically, there's an earthquake, and it destroys it, and she has to get out. And it plays a lot like um, Deep Star 6 and Leviathan, where there's a catastrophe million, uh, millions miles underneath the ocean. And it turns out it's not an earthquake, but it's monsters. And it was better than I thought it was going to be. It look, It's shot really well. Um, the monster in it is really awesome looking. Uh, yeah, it's it's better than I thought it was going to be. And it's like 90 minutes and it literally starts right away so you you don't you have this voiceover by Kristen Stewart's character and she's like brushing her teeth and then the the whole like lab like breaks and starts so it starts right away in an action scene and it's pretty gory that so I was reading the release and it said it's PG-13 I streamed it on Hulu or HBO Max and they said it was rated R. And I'm pretty sure it's rated R because there's people that blow up and blood goes everywhere. So maybe the rules have been relaxed a little bit. 
that and they say <laughs> fuck in it like four times so i don't know if they uh that the one on hbo max might be the r-rated version i don't know if there's two versions that exist um is there an x-rated yeah. version where the monsters fuck <laughs> <laughs> i hope not <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's it was better than I thought. It's, like it's like I said, it's well shot, it's well acted. Um, it's pretty gory, and the monster looks sweet in it. So if you're looking for, I don't know, like a midnight movie, it's not a bad way to spend, you know, your time. Yeah, I heard mixed stuff when it first came out. Like some people going like, no, just give it a shot. So yeah, that, that sounds yeah, like it was it'd fun. Be fun. And that's what I watched this week. Wahoo! Um, this week. Uh, we did what we call stream team where we each picked a film to watch. Um, the only caveat I added to it was it had to be from 2020. So if we needed to round out our film explosion list or something like that. So basically as a new release, mm-hmm. Brad, what movie did you stream and should people see it? Oh man. Um, I had a couple choices. I went with uh, arch enemy and here's a trailer for arch enemy. I used to sit on top of the highest buildings of Chromium and look down like a god. You still got them superpowers? <laughs> the power to drink a fifth of whiskey and not pay for it. Dad was a storyteller. See? It's in our blood. I used to punch holes through space time. Hey! Oh, you're the dude who says he's from another planet. You got superpowers, right? Come on, I just want to hear your story. My city was named Chromium. So that's where you're from? They had to invent things to hurt me. Intelligent asteroids, killer robots. Super villains? Say super one more time. Oh, okay, okay. Even the whiskey's weaker here. Space whiskey. All right, look, do you have any superpowers at all? The source of my power doesn't exist here. Why you gotta fill the kid's head with bullshit? I've always been good to you, right? you and your family (laughs) you're risking our lives to hang out with some homeless man max didn't have to do any of this to help us they will find you and they will kill you so what are we supposed to do you fight the war Malton on Movies podcast, Jesse Malton was hyping it up, so I figured I'd give it a shot, and I am not in her camp <laughs> on this one. <laughs> um, it, it's a it's a good effort, you know. It's it's a Legion M movie, uh, you know, a crowd funded uh, or fan funded uh, endeavor with uh, Joe Manganiello uh, plays this superhero who is fighting, you know, their arch nemesis, and that scuffle caused a cataclysm that sent him to Earth. Um, and he's, uh, been trapped on earth for like 15 years as like a homeless person. And the movie tries to make you think that maybe he's just crazy. Um, and then he's got some sidekicks, uh, 
this one kid called Hamster. He's trying to get in with like a local, like Westward style publication. So they tell him they'll give him a shot if he, uh, you know, comes up with like a great piece or article or something, a story uh, to put together. So he uh, immediately f- uh, runs into Joe Manganiello's character. Um, he's like, I think his name was Mike Fist. Um, so he, he starts following him around and learning his story. And then uh, I think Hamster has a, like, I think it was his sister. I'm not sure what her relationship was, but she's in with a drug cartel and she's trying to do something that I couldn't quite figure out. And, um, you know, all those threads come together. Um, and yeah, the, most of the, it, it feels like a 48 hour film where they had an idea, but didn't know how to stretch into an hour and a half. So it just feels like a, like potluck of ideas that, uh, uh, yeah, it's this. What if a you know, there's this guy who actually had powers, but you don't know because you know he's so odd. And then um, let's also get the production design from Colorado Space in here to do some animatic storyboards because we're super low budget, so we can't do the super heroic, so we'll just animate it. Um, and yeah, Glenn Howardin is in it as like the second level boss villain. Um, nice. <laughs> and then uh, Paul Shear is just some drug addict that one of the characters like runs into on the way to, and they have like a Russian roulette scene where he's just being an off the wall drugged up guy <laughs> who ends up shooting himself. Um yeah, it's, it's I, I couldn't quite figure out like what was supposed to be so amazing about this, uh, like the the uh, like the production value is pretty good for a low budget, um, and I mean it has some pretty big stars. It sounds like yeah, um, Amy Simitz or Simitz is the ultimate arch nemesis, um, but she's in it briefly. Um, but you think like a movie about art, like I couldn't figure out quite like why the title was so relevant, like arch enemy. Um, and then like Mike Fist, his whole, like a lot of his whole arc is just explaining that he's from this other reality where he has all these powers and he doesn't have them now because he's stuck on earth. And there's like this, this cosmic, cosmic blood that you can fuse into uh, to help you get your powers back. And, you know, they set up that he doesn't have them, but then once he finally arbitrarily decides to start protecting his kids. Um, he had like a bump of cocaine that actually has some of the cosmic blood in it. It's like, Oh, so you've been not using this the whole time and whining mm-hmm. about not having your powers. Like that doesn't make sense. And uh, there's like weird cuts, you know, uh, once he decides to be a hero for them, like he just says that, like I've decided to become like my, my purpose here. Like they sent me here so that I could save you guys after 15 years, I guess. Um, and they just break into a, an armory and he just loads himself up like the Punisher. Um, yeah. yeah but, but the only part that I like stood out to me was the very last shot of the movie. Like for most of the movie it has looked like Los Angeles. Um, after the camera pans up and goes to a drone shot of the city, it's uh, an aurora of, view of denver <laughs> as the city mm. 
from the east. <laughs> like you can see the typewriter building. Nice. I was like, oh, it, it's obviously like I, I would guess it would be actually be like a stock clip. Like they didn't know how to end the movie. The the ending of the movie is very like okay. Um, uh, you can either end it with these people on the ground or you can do something more hopeful, like show this wide shot of Denver, I guess. Um, so I think they just picked a stock clip and put it in there and it happens to be, yeah, uh, Denver instead of Los Angeles. Like I, I imagine there's way more Los Angeles stock clips than Denver, but okay. I guess it's, Maybe it's recognizable. Just, we're looking for something more unique. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, the city in there is fictional. I forget the name of it, but it's, uh, or maybe in his mind, it's fictional. I think it's called like Hamster City. Or maybe that's just the article of the kid. I don't know. <laughs> but it basically looked like Los Angeles the whole time. And then all of a sudden, this last shot of the movie is clearly Denver. Um, so, yeah, I just, it, it felt like someone just said, hey, what if this hero lost his powers and was stuck on Earth and had to adjust to not being that hero anymore and uh, just write some scenes around it? Hmm. that's that all right zach you're up next what movie did you see and talk about the movie all right um for my streaming title this week i went basic um based off of a recommendation by um uh lost contributor james hart um and i watched the trial of the chicago seven the new aaron sorkin film um and should people watch it yes you should um I texted James immediately after watching this movie, which was uh, the following text was, it was a single sentence, which is I'm very glad Aaron Sorkin learned from his missteps on Molly's game to bring some good cinematic styling to a very prescient story. Um, Cause this is a wonderfully directed movie with a wonderful cast leading the charge um, in a version of this tr- real trial that you know it it, it it streamlines some stuff and rearranges some stuff but the the intent and the message is very clear um so yes i recommend you see it here's the trailer for the trial of the chicago seven we want to underscore again that we're coming to chicago peacefully but whether we're given permits or not we're coming we're going to chicago to protest the vietnam war and there's no place to be right now but in it we watched for a decade while these rebels without a job tell us how to prosecute a war. Well, they're going to spend their 30s in a federal facility, real time. People say, you know, Abby, are you concerned about an overreaction from the cops? Holy shit. You all right? It was until I saw that. Are the people ready to make opening arguments? At the defense table. Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, Dave Dellinger, Rennie Davis, Lee Weiner, John Freund, Tom Hayden, and Bobby Seale. These defendants had a plan, and the plan was to incite a riot. I call this portion of the trial with friends like these. <laughs> my trial's begun without my lawyer. The court assumes you are being represented by the Black Panther sitting behind you. The riots were started by the Chicago Police Department. Sustained. Nobody objected. Jurors 6 and 11, they're with us. Juror number 6 and juror number 11, you're dismissed from this jury. Can you tell us why? Because this is my courtroom. We've dealt with jury tampering, wiretapping, a defendant that was literally gagged. Get your hands off me. You're the first to suggest that I have discriminated against a black man. Then let the record show that I'm the second. When we walked in here this morning, they were chanting that the whole world is watching. 
If we leave here without saying anything about why we came in the first place, it'll be heartbreaking. Well, last summer, why did you come to the convention? To end the war. We're giving them exactly what they want, a stage and an audience. Yeah, you really think there's going to be a big audience? Here I am! This is what revolution looks like, real revolution. We may have to hurt somebody's feelings. Is this prosecution politically motivated? I'm tired of hearing you. It would be impossible for me to care any less what you are tired of. Here I am! There will be order! We have to find some courage now. How much is it worth to you? What's your price? To call off the revolution? My life. Open your eyes, cause a new day is dawning. The new day is dawning. So the trial of the Chicago 7 tells the story of the Chicago 7, um, which initially it was actually the Chicago 8 because Bobby Seale was thrown in as part of this indictment against people who were accused of inciting riots at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in which uh, Mayor Daley and his, poli- and his thugs uh, beat up a bunch of protesters. Um, and the trial unfolds um, in a very unfair fashion <laughs> um, because the judge is incompetent and corrupt. <laughs> Uh, and uh, the movie really unfolds as a story of not just the trial, but how the events leading up to the riots themselves. Um, this cast is stacked. Um, like I, I Ryan, what, if I was, I want to ask you, did you, w- did you think when you saw Borat in 2006, that Sasha Baron Cohen would grow into this wider range actor beyond that one role? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think he's always been kind of a pretty stout actor. Yeah, but it, I, I don't think I would have called it that far back. Like, he, he's going to play Abby Hoffman, and he's going to redeem Abby Hoffman's name <laughs> uh, to a certain extent because whenever I was taught about Abby Hoffman, it was kind of in a derogatory sense. But, like, watching his portrayal of it, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, this is it, him and Jerry Jeremy Strong as Jerry Rubin, like, they really – Sorkin was able to kind of clarify the, the their reality a little bit more, whereas their the impression of them was always within the hippie the hippie mentality and not about like what they were actually speaking about. Um, but also, you've got Eddie Redmayne, who I haven't seen in a movie since the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Johnny Depp them, uh, and he's wonderful in the lead role as Tom Hayden. Um, and then you've got. Uh, Yaha Abdul Mateen II from Aquaman playing Bobby Seal, and he gets one of the most powerful moments in the movie. Um, in the scene where uh, they it's uh, based off of the event where Bobby Seal was gagged in court. Um, and Franklin Gella plays the judge, he's scary as shit. <laughs> it's like the it's the scariest I've seen Franklin Gella probably since Skeletor. Um, and uh, he uh He's also joined, like, they also get Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in this, John Carroll Lynch, like this, like I said, this cast is stacked. Michael Keaton's in this movie for, like, 15 minutes, and he's amazing in it. Um, and you also, um, you you get Mark Rylance playing one of their lead um, attorneys. And I've liked Mark, I've liked Mark Rylance since I first saw him in Bridge of Spies. 
Um, I know he had done stuff before, but like, like Bridge of Spies was where I, I think a lot of people like me took notice of him. Um, and then obviously he's good in Ready Player One. I honestly think this is the movie we should be giving him an Oscar for because he's fucking brilliant in this movie. He plays a defense attorney who's basically put up against an impossible brick wall that he has to try to tear down where possible. Um, and the movie, if you know the events of the trial of the Chicago seven, obviously there's not a very happy ending per se, but it does hit upon what they were able to do to kind of poke holes in the establishment of the, the justice system. And so there's a lot of heavy back and forth banter, but the film is direct, like the film is much more visually oriented than I would have anticipated after watching Molly's Game. Um, kind of like Molly's Game, there's a lot of really good editing. Um, the opening of this film and the moment where Bobby Gagged is taken uh, to be gagged, um, the editing is very key to those scenes. I would say if you've got now. Netflix and you've got two hours and 10 minutes to kill. This is a good movie to watch for you. Um, it's solid. If you like Sorkin stuff in the past as a writer, I think you'll be very pleased with him from afar for recommending this movie a couple weeks back. Cause I'm glad I sat down to watch and it will probably be making my um, film explosion list. Ryan, what did you watch? This week, I decided to stream a horror film, and I streamed kind of a bleak one, and it's called The Dark and the Wicked. And if you're in the mood to be depressed for like an hour and a half, you should watch it. But it's also kind of scary and really well shot. And if you like horror films, I think you should check it out. Here's a trailer for The Dark and the Wicked. saying things she would sit right beside him just whispering but she wasn't talking to him we found it in her pocket she didn't believe in God what was the matter whether you believe I found mom's diary what if she saw something out there. I told y'all not to come. There are things in this world, horrible things, wicked, and they come for whoever they want. I saw something. She wasn't crazy. Do you smell him? He's close now. 
You're not out there. He's already here. So uh, I knew nothing about this movie, only that it was <laughs> directed by uh, Brian Bertino, who did the, the Strangers and The Monster, both movies I love. And so I literally had no idea what the movie was about. So when I started watching it, it was kind of cool because I'd never even watched a trailer for it. It was kind of cool to go into a movie cold like that. I haven't done that in such a long time. And the story is about um, two adult kids named Luis and Michael who return to their parents' farm in Texas because their dad is dying. And when they get there, their mom is acting really strange and um, stuff around the house. Like it opens with this really quiet scene and um, like doors open with no one there chairs move and the mom slowly descends into madness and the whole film takes place over a week. So each day it kind of builds like a paranormal activity movie, but way more competently made and a lot more scary where there's a title card. And so it starts on Monday and then it goes all the way to Sunday. Um, so each day it kind of, the terror gets a little more exacerbated and a little more in your face. But mm. as the film plays out, you find that the mom might not be crazy. She might actually be hearing something for real. And mm. it's, it's, man, I don't really want to spoil this movie because it builds up really well um it's it's a lot like you're questioning what's real and what's not is this uh incapacitated man who's dying is he really being tormented by something that only the mother can hear and see or is there actually something evil in their house and there's a lot going on in the movie. It's, it's another slow build one. Um, Bertino kind of makes all his films like that. But the one thing I do like about him as a filmmaker and a storyteller is he doesn't really leave you in the lurch. He does eventually explain what's going on. And this film slowly explains what's going on. Um, the acting is incredible in it. It's, it's one of those movies that it only takes place really on one set. It only takes place on the farm. There's maybe six actors total in the whole movie. Um, so because it's a lower budget, but you're relying on the actors to give incredible performances, which they all do. It's pretty great. Um, but like I said, it's really bleak. Uh, it's not happy. <laughs> and um, if you're hoping for, a horror film where good triumphs over evil, you might not get it in this movie um, because it's not the point of the film and it is gory. And there's some really cringe worthy scenes in it. Um, yeah. Uh, if you like horror films, you should definitely check it out. Ryan, have you seen his other film mockingbird? I haven't seen this. I was just looking at his filmography 
and no i've seen the strangers um and the, the monster, monster and this one and we've i mean he wrote strangers pray at night too which but that's not the same yeah. um but i was looking at his filmography his everything he's directed has been either around an 88 to 93 minute range that's kind of amazing how he's able to pull out like solid horror at that you know like nice solid 90 minute 90 minute time frame i i definitely want yeah. to check this movie out and when i say slow burn i don't mean it's a slow moving movie it's just oh no yeah that the setup isn't you know balls like underwater is balls to the wall action horror mm-hmm. um this is oh here's something that happened and here's um people going a little more mad and like it's hard to talk about this movie because <laughs> like the second day, there's already a spoiler in it. So I don't want to, I'm not Corinne. I'm not going to spoil things. Um, in, in this particular case, I appreciate it because I want to sit down and watch the movie this week. <laughs> yeah. Cause like I said, I went into it completely cold and it was kind of cool to see a movie without seeing the trailer first. Oh, and yes. um, just going into it, knowing I like the director's work and he, he delivers. I mean, it's, I know it's, been popping up on a lot of best horror films lists right now and it definitely is it might be on my film explosion list i don't know yet i have a few more movies to see um i actually have a lot more films on my list that i than i thought i was going to have mm-hmm. so it's really just about trickling them down i i've i've already sent brad five movies that i know are going to be on the list but i don't know which order yet um so uh, I hope I'll have it all wrapped up by the end of next week. Well, right no, because Wonder Woman comes out the following week. So hopefully by after Christmas, I'll be, I'll be good to go. Better be. <laughs> yep. And that's what I streamed this week. Um, the Dark and the Wicked. Even the title's cool. So if you like horror movies, I would definitely check it out. I'm kind of amazed that The Dark and the Wicked hasn't been used as a title before. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, someone like, I would never tell Corinne to watch this because she doesn't like horror movies. And this movie is one of those constantly dread horror movies. Oh, so where, I'll, I'm going to love it. <laughs> yeah, where I don't, like, I don't get really scared in movies anymore, but it has a nice atmosphere to it, I'll say that. Some nice tension. Gets you, yes. Makes you feel a little uneasy. So, yeah. Um, next week, I think we're seeing Ma Rainey's, right? That'd be awesome if we could. I think that's what we, not. Yep. So I think that's what we talked about. Woohoo! So Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is the uh, late great Chadwick Boseman's last film. Yep. Well, you know he did voice uh, T'Challa in Marvel's What If, so um, we'll have him for a couple more times. Um, so that's what we'll be streaming next week. And who knows, maybe theaters will be like, you know what, we're going to open even at 25% capacity with Wonder Woman. So we'll see. Can, um, can, I, can I tell you, Ryan, my, my parents were, are rewatching Justified and they were, and they, I went upstairs and they were like, hey, we saw Chadwick Boseman in Justified. And I'm like, that's cool. Have you watched Black Panther yet? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, downstairs, whenever you're ready, it's downstairs ready to go. <laughs> right. Um, I'd like to point out in in advance of Wonder Woman, um, if you buy Tenant, you get a fourteen day fourteen day trial of HBO Max. So, oh, cool! I will be redeeming that. Yeah, definitely. Right on. And like I said, I, I like HBO Max. I mean, Christopher Nolan hates it, but <laughs> I think it's fun. Yep. Cool. So, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll 
see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.